You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I am Steph and I have a special guest here with me today. We are going to be chatting about all kinds of fun topics and her witchcraft path, but I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself and let you know all of the various places that you can find her online. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So my name is Tanae Stewart, and uh, I'm known around the around the internets as the Witch of Lupin Hollow. Um, and you can find me, Lupin Hollow is where you can find me for everything. So my website is witchoflupinhollow.com. I'm at Lupin Hollow on Instagram. Um, Pinterest loop and hollow as well. Uh, lots of fun things on Pinterest. Um, and I am a cottage witch. I'm an astrologer. Um, I have a couple of really fun books out. So my path and my work are really all about bringing simplicity to magic, really understanding ourselves, practicing self-care, um, and working with the cycles of nature. So the seasons, the moon, astrology, all that good stuff. Oh, I love that. And you have been doing this for some time because you have a lot of various things that you offer. You have free courses and you have your books. I have one. I love it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you have been doing this for quite a while. I was going to say, how did you even get started in your witchcraft practice since you've been at this for so long? Yeah. So my practice, my personal practice, um, I was always really interested in these ideas, even as a kid. Um, and then I really started practicing about 11 years ago or so, um, really actively. Um, and then I practiced for a few years and then I actually really like stopped practicing for a couple of years in the middle, about two years. Um, I was in college and I was commuting and I just had a lot going on. I was really busy and I just felt like I wasn't being consistent with my practice. I wasn't staying connected to it. Um, so I really kind of intentionally set it aside thinking, you know, if I'm ever meant to come back to this, I will. And if I'm not, then that's okay too. Um, and then a couple of years later, I was really brought back to my practice, um, and really recommitted to it. And. And I started at that time, that was in 2016, um, I started a blog. I'd, I'd actually had a blog years earlier, just very much a personal blog um, for much the same reason, just really for personal accountability, a place to kind of share and reflect. Um, and so I started a new blog in 2016, which was called The Witch of Lupin Hollow, um, and never imagining that it would be something that I would do for work at all, let alone my full-time work. Um, but that really grew into everything that I do now, courses and um, my, my membership and subscription programs um, led to my book deals. So everything really grew out of the blog originally. I think probably everybody listening right now has taken here. What kind of witch are you quiz? <laughs> oh my God. I know it's everywhere. It's crazy. Everyone is familiar with that. <laughs> I love to hear that. <laughs> it's such a fun one. I always say that I love taking what kind of which are you quizzes, so, but I think most people are familiar with yours. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I created it. I think in 2016 or 2017, like it was one of the earlier things I did on the blog. Um, and it has become, I mean, so many people, not only thousands of people have taken it, but so many people have come to me, have ended up working with me in one way or another. You know, I always ask clients like, oh, how did you find me originally? And it's always, oh, the quiz, the quiz. On the <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> 
So let's talk about your books, because I think that's really exciting. Um, and you, one just like recently came out um, as the date of this going live. So I think that's super exciting. So how did you even decide, first of all, that you wanted to write books and what are the two books about? Yeah. So I have two books out. The first um, is the Modern Witch's Guide to Magical Self-Care, which came out in 2020. Um, and then my new book is the Modern Witch's Guide to Natural Magic, which was just released about two months ago now. Um, and, you know, I always, I always was a writer, even as a kid, um, especially like creative writing, but I also always really liked like research and academic writing as well. I did a lot of writing in college, um, more than I was required to. Um, and so writing has just always been a, a natural talent um, and something that I enjoy doing very much so. And so when I started the blog, it was just very natural. You know, writing was a natural way for me to kind of process and think through my own practice and share with others what I was what I was doing and what I was coming up with. Um, and then it was like late 2018, I finally decided to, I, I'd had small courses and things before that, that I was selling, but I finally decided to do like a real group program. Um, and so I created a program that was all about self-care and magic and how to create rituals that you could be consistent with that really worked for you, that fulfilled you. Um, because I was something I had struggled with and that I heard from so many people in the community was that people were struggling to be consistent and that people were struggling to feel like their practice really suited them personally, you know, that we weren't just like going through the motions of what we were, you know, told or what we were supposed to be doing, but that was something that really, really worked for us. Um, and so I created this program, little, you know, kind of a course with a, a guided group component all around that. And so I was creating a lot of free content around those topics at the time, talking about this course that I was doing. Um, and so I was doing a lot of blog posts and YouTube videos and all sorts of content around magic and self-care. Um, and it was in like spring 2019 that a publishing house actually came across my content and reached out to me um, and asked me if I would be interested in writing a book proposal um, because they, they were seeing that this particular kind of intersection was a topic that a lot of people were interested in searching for. Um, and they wanted to publish a book on that topic. And they thought that they liked what I was doing. Um, so that led to my first book. And then, um, you know, I've since published my second book with them as well, Skyhorse Publishing. Um, and they're, they're so great to work with. So I'm so, so lucky. Well, that's very exciting how that all comes together. I have your second book, The Guide to Natural Magic. So now I really want the first one. So I'm like, well, I really like this one. <laughs> So Yay, I'm so glad. <laughs> I mean, I have to go get the other one. And you have um, workbooks is available as well? Um, I have, so really all of my digital content at this point, it's funny because I very originally, I started out selling workbooks and, you know, PDF downloads and things like that. Um, I'm not really doing most of that separately anymore. Um, everything is kind of inside of my various programs, but I do create a lot of PDF guides and workbooks, um, some that are, you know, kind of you can use at any point whenever you need them and some that are specific to the current season or moon phase. Um, so a lot of that is available inside my my seasonal subscription, the Starlight Coven um, is kind of the main place where I have those types of resources. I was just, I was just going to jump into the coven next. <laughs> um, so what is that? What is the Starlight Coven? 
Yeah. So the Starlight Coven is basically a seasonal subscription, a seasonal membership. Um, and it's, it's the hub. It's where everything goes. Um, it's the, like the perfect place to come into everything that I do. And I'm really feeling at this point, like it is kind of like the ongoing work, the ongoing support, um, that accompanies both of my books, especially the new one, but, but both of them, um, it's all really rooted around those same topics of self-care and the cycles of nature and really simple, grounded, accessible ways to practice magic, to work with astrology, to work with plants. Um, and so everything that we do in the Starlight Coven is, is grounded in those same ideas that are very, very present in the books. Um, and so some of the things we do every month are we, everything is very rooted in the current season, the current moon phases and the current movement of the planets, the current transits. Um, and so every month I put out a PDF guide for members that we call the celestial alchemy alignment guide, um, which is a beautiful PDF. It's like 25 pages. Um, and it has all sorts of fun things. It has a recipe in it that's exclusive. So in addition to the 60 recipes in the new book, coven members get a recipe every month as well. Um, so there's a recipe there's a profile on a crystal to work with. Um, there's a profile on a goddess to work with for that season. Um, and then there's information on the current moon phases and really understanding like, how is this particular, you know, new or full or quarter moon? Like, how is it showing up for me? How can I work with it personally? Right. So everything in the guide is kind of about taking all of this abstract information and really bringing it down to earth so that you can understand and engage with it in your own personal way and your own personal practice. So like we might look at, okay, the full moon is going to be in Sagittarius. So where is Sagittarius in your own chart, right? Where is that showing up for you? What does that energy look like? Not just on the collective level of Sagittarius being about expansion and exploration and wisdom, but how is it also showing up for you personally? How do you interact with that? So a lot of the guide, and a lot of the content we put out is around those kinds of ideas. Um, and then it also includes like affirmations for, you know, where's Mercury this month or, or what's happening, what's retrograde this month, things like that, um, to really, really work with all of those different ideas in a really personal way. So we put that out every month. And then we also do a monthly workshop on Zoom um, on a particular magical topic. And they're always kind of, you know, loosely related to the current season, um, but they're also things you can always come back to. So members get access to this massive library of workshops that we've done in the past, some on things like how to understand your birth chart, how to work with the moon, you know, kind of foundational pieces, and then some on all vast different topics. So we've done workshops on everything from like grounding practices and setting boundaries um, to glamour magic and bath rituals, like all across the board. Um, and it's all really organized. If you have my first book, it's all really organized in a similar way as the first book, um, which kind of divides your magical practice up into these five categories, um, which is the mind, really supporting your mental health, um, the body, connecting with your body, feeling embodied, grounded, um, your intuition, um, connecting to nature, and then expressing or connecting to this energy of devotion, this kind of like inner fire, inner passion. Um, and so all of the workshops are kind of divided up in a, that similar way. So they, it really does very closely accompany the books in a lot of ways. That is so fun. So do you think that since you have the foundational content in there, that that would be 
good, a good resource for beginners. Cause I know a lot of beginners say like, Oh, working with astrology and the moon phase is like, there's so much to learn and it's so, you know, overwhelming to get started in that. Yes, absolutely. So one of the things that I was so excited to talk about in the new book, uh, the natural magic book is the ways that all of these number one, the ways that all of these cycles of the seasons, the moon and astrology, because they're all cycles in their own way to talk about the ways they overlap, because it was, I was many years into my practice as a witch before I really understood that all three of these are actually part of one larger cycle. So for example, in March and April in the Northern hemisphere, the sun is in Aries. It's the first sign of the Zodiac. So the sun is always in Aries. That's Aries season. And there's often other planets also in Aries at that time. And we always have the new moon in Aries at that time. The new moon is always in the same sign as the sun. We always have the full moon in Libra at that time, because the full moon is always in the opposite sign of the sun. Aries and Libra are opposites. Um, and Aries season always starts at the spring equinox. Um, and so all of these are just like intrinsically inextricably linked together, the season, the moon, which, what signs the moon phases happen in, what sign the sun is in, um, they're, they're all actually the same thing. And when I really started to understand that for myself, I realized how much more powerful they actually are when we work with them together, instead of as these kind of like separate isolated parts of our practice. Um, and so that was something I was so jazzed to write about in the new book, because it's, it's kind of an approach that I see very few people talking about in quite this way. Um, and it's also exactly everything we do every month in the Starlight Coven um, is talk about all of them kind of together as this one holistic kind of cohesive whole. Um, and so I actually find that it's much easier for beginners to learn all of these different cycles together instead of trying to make sense of them separately. Because when you start to understand it, like, oh, the new moon doesn't happen in a random sign, right? It's not arbitrary. It happens in the same sign as the sun. And the sun is always in a particular sign at a particular time of the year, right? Like it, it all just really kind of coalesces. And so I actually think that it's a lot easier to learn in that way. And then inside the coven, yeah, we do actually have, we recently redesigned everything about six months ago and made it so much more beautiful and organized. And like, I'm so in love with all the ways that we designed it recently. Um, and one of the things we did was we took all the really foundational content of like, what is the wheel of the year and what are the moon phases and how to read your birth chart. Um, and we put them all in one section of the coven, the members portal, um, so that it's almost like a little course unto itself. I mean, you can definitely revisit those things and you can move through them in whatever order you want to, but I do kind of recommend starting there for new members, even for people who've been practicing for a long time, because, you know, you can really kind of unveil new parts of information that you've already heard before, you know, but especially for beginners, we have this really like foundational intro course um, that kind of walks you through all those different cycles. That's really great to have that all in sort of one place like that. But I do like your approach of kind of learning it all together and learning how it all ties together. That does seem like it would be easier than the way that I learned it, which was, you know, like one thing at a time and then realize, realizing much later, like you did, of how like everything actually does fit together. Yes. Then, yeah. When I really started to like recognize that first with 
first, I think with the moon phases, right? That like, cause for so long, I just didn't, I just didn't understand. Not, not even that it was like something that was confusing to me. I just didn't realize that there was a method, you know, that there was a purpose that underlaid everything. And just like realizing that the new and full moons were part of this like bigger cycle and then being able to connect the wheel of the year to it as well with the solstices and equinoxes and even the fire festivals like Beltane and Samhain always happen during particular signs um, and always happen during the fixed sign of signs of the zodiac um, and that all of these things are connected it just i remember it was like this total like mind blown moment to be like <laughs> all of these things that i learned at different times in different ways are all actually the same thing and it, it just it was so magical to me that they're so interrelated yeah absolutely and it's it's sort of nice when you can finally understand things and get to that point where, where those sort of concepts start actually making sense <laughs> instead of just going through the motions and hoping for the best. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think on the one hand, right, like we don't necessarily have to understand any of this in order to practice. Right. But like we can, and that's something that so many of my like newer beginner clients will say is like, oh, like, I feel like I don't know enough. Right. I feel like I don't know enough to practice, or I don't know enough to call myself a witch. And like, I definitely don't subscribe to that. Like, I think we can jump in. We don't have to really understand anything. It can be very visceral and intuitive. And yet at the same time, and maybe this is like, this is my own chart showing through. This is my own, own personality. But like, I like to understand the whys of things, you know, I don't necessarily need to have like all of the evidence and the proof of something, but I do like to understand like, well, but why, why is this connected to that, that idea? Or why is this, why does this sign represent that energy or, you know, just really understanding things on this, on this like deeper kind of more, I guess in some ways more academic level, right? Like that's something that always really spoke to me is kind of being able to get to the root of something, you know? So I love kind of having a balance of that. Like, allowing things to be really intuitive and knowing that, you know, we don't have to get it right. And we don't have to know all the things in order to practice. Like there is no getting it right. As long as we're following our own path and also having the information, having the knowledge, the wisdom to kind of underlay what it is that we're doing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I like to sort of know and understand why the why behind something or the why that I'm doing something. Um, I try to trust my intuition and just go with my gut as often as I can, but I really do need to understand the inner workings. I have, even with outside of witchcraft, I need to understand why I'm doing something. Yes, exactly. Well, and I think in so many ways, like, cause sometimes I think sometimes there's this backlash of like, we don't need to know the why, right? Like we just need to, to go with the feeling and trust that it's right. And like, to an extent, I agree with that, but I definitely think that having an understanding of the inner working and knowing this is why I'm doing this thing, right? This is why I'm saying this affirmation, or this is why I'm using this crystal. This is why I'm drinking this tea at this particular time. Like, I think it gives it so much more power sometimes, right? Sometimes it's like, I feel drawn to this crystal and it doesn't matter why, and it doesn't matter what the book tells me it means. I know that I need it right now, right? Or this, this herb or this affirmation or this, whatever it might be. And sometimes that can be incredibly powerful, right? 
but I think when we are trying to align with something intentionally, or we are trying to, you know, understand like, okay, Mercury's retrograde, like, what does that actually mean? How can I work with it in a way that feels supportive and nourishing instead of like scary and frustrating, right? Like when we are doing something on purpose, right? And it's not purely driven by devotion and intuition, which is like kind of a separate experience. When we are trying to do something on purpose, understanding why you're doing what you're doing. And I mean, it kind of goes back to there, there's almost like a little bit of a witch wound here, right? That like so many of us grew up in communities, in spaces, in, in spiritualities or religions that never told us why right? Like they never told us whether you were going to church and doing particular rituals at church or you were singing particular songs or whatever it might've been, right? We very often weren't told why, especially as kids, but even as adults, right? Like we didn't necessarily know why am I doing this thing? Why does it matter? Right? Why does this connect me to the divine or whatever it might've been? Um, and I think that sometimes we, we think that knowing the why and having the information takes away some of the magic. And personally, I just don't find that to be true. I think that we can absolutely have both and all, you know, it's a both and situation. Right. And I think that's a great way of looking at that and a great way to be able to present your content to, you know, beginners like that. Um, probably a really great way to pe for people to begin to grasp the concepts. Cause I know I have a lot of beginners that listen to, um, this podcast and a lot of beginners probably find you through your content as well, through your podcast. And of course your quiz, <laughs> um, yes, but I think a lot of yes. um, beginners <laughs> to witchcraft, just seeking out that first information and kind of going down that path that, that we both did a few years ago, trying to figure out how it all fits together. Um, it's nice that you're providing that content in that way, make it a little easier yeah. on people than it was on us. Exactly. Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you first question. Um, what sort of does your day look like? Because you are a full-time witch essentially. <laughs> um, and that is, you know, what you do for your job. So no day is going to be completely typical, but what are some things, witchy things that you try to make sure that you do in your day-to-day -day life, um, even if that's not related to your work? Yeah. So my morning ritual is the thing that I try to stick to the most, at least like several days a week. Um, and it's really, really simple. So my morning ritual is I get up in the morning, um, you know, kind of go about regular things, brush my teeth, that sort of thing. And then the first thing I usually do is go downstairs and make a cup of tea. Um, and I usually will choose a particular tea blend based either on the season, very often on the season, um, sometimes also on the moon phase, like if it's a particularly like a full moon and I might drink a particular tea, um, but usually it's kind of seasonal. So like right now when we're recording this, it's like late spring, early summer uh, where I am. And so I've been drinking um, this like black apricot tea, um, which is really yummy and a, a black jasmine tea. So I usually will choose something seasonal. Um, so I'll make a cup of tea take it back up to my bedroom. Um, and then I'll just kind of sit on my bed and well, actually sometimes I'll light candles. Um, I'll light some candles on my altar. Um, and then I'll sit on my bed and I'll just check, like I have some apps on my phone. I'll check 
the moon phase and sign for the day kind of is there a void moon so a couple of kind of astrology things that i'll check in with um and then i grab my journal so i have a journal that i write in just really mostly just for these morning rituals and a couple of other things i include in there um and i'll write down you know what's happening with the moon that day um, and then I'll pull an Oracle card. I have a deck that I like to work with um, for my daily ritual, which is the Threads of Fate Oracle deck. Um, so I'll pull a card for that, write down what card I pulled and just do like a really brief little journaling on, you know, what does it bring up for me? What do I think it relates to or represents? Um, and then I do a little gratitude practice. I usually write down like five things I'm grateful for. And those might be a mix of things I'm grateful for, like in the moment, like, you know, it's a nice morning or, you know, a delicious cup of tea or something like that. Um, some of it might be, you know, bigger things that I'm grateful for, you know, my family or my partner or things like that. Um, and then sometimes I will also do like a little bit of manifesting with that. I'll write down some things that I'm grateful for that haven't happened yet that I'm calling in. Um, so a little bit of manifestation, not every time, but sometimes. Um, and then I kind of, I have a almost like kind of a bullet journal style page um, that I put in my journal at the beginning of each month that just has all the days of the month written out. Um, and then I'll write down on that page the card that I pulled so that not only can I see it as I flip through the journal, but I can also see kind of as a glance all the cards that I've pulled for the month. Um, very often you'll start to see some themes or patterns emerge. So I like to have that at kind of easy reference. Um, and then that's that's pretty much it. And I drink my tea and I, you know, check Instagram and <laughs> that's that's my morning. <laughs> that sounds like a beautiful routine. I love that. Yeah, it's very simple, you know, and I think so often people think of like, the word ritual is very scary to people, right? It sounds like this, this big, like elaborate thing. Um, and for me, a ritual is really just anything you do routinely, repeatedly on purpose, um, that, that makes you feel connected, you know, it makes you feel connected to your intuition. You know, I'm pulling cards, connecting my intuition in that way. There've been many times in the past where I've also done a little dream journaling as part of that morning ritual, write down my dreams. Um, that's not something I'm currently doing. Um, but there have definitely been points where I just feel more connected to that than others. So sometimes I'll, I'll do that. Um, you know, connecting for me, it's really connecting to the season through the tea that I'm drinking. Um, there's just like a lot of, a lot of pieces tied up in this very, very simple thing that takes me, you know, maybe about 10 minutes, most mornings. Um, anyway, I think we, we think it has to be so much and it really doesn't like so often simpler is better. Yeah, and something I want to highlight in what you just said is that it's also okay to change it. You know, if dream if journaling your dreams isn't something that's working for you right now, it's okay to swap it out for something else. And it's okay to change your tea based on the seasons. And you know, if something's not working in your morning ritual, go ahead and change it. It's not a big deal. Hundred percent, absolutely, yeah. And this is something I've been talking about a lot lately: is that we think being consistent means number one we think it means showing up every single day and number two we think it means doing the exact same things every single day um and i don't think either of those is actually true or even possible right when i say my my daily morning ritual I, it's probably you know like two to four days a week <laughs> two days is like a, an off week but you know i mean there are weeks where that that absolutely happens and it's fine you know and do i feel more more grounded more connected when i do it yes absolutely but 
some days, you know, like this morning, I didn't even make a cup of tea, which is like very not like me. I was just too busy. I was like doing laundry and things this morning, you know, and I realized as I was running out the door, oh my God, I didn't even have a cup of tea. Um, and you know, that's okay. Right. Like being consistent doesn't mean that you have to do your rituals or connect with your practice or can even connect with your guides every single day or even every single week. Right. Like if you do a weekly ritual for many people, that's plenty. If you do a monthly ritual, that can be enough. Right. And I even, one thing we do in the starlight coven is we send out a daily text message. Um, that's just like a little affirmation or a reflection prompt, or it'll be like, do this with this crystal today, or like just really simple little things. Um, and they come to my phone too, you know, in case there's ever a glitch, I will know if it didn't come through, but it's like this little added bonus for myself that I get that too. Right. I get that little 15 second check-in to be like, oh yeah, it is the full moon today. Oh yeah. That affirmation that I wrote, you know, six months ago when I created this month's content, like that was really, that was really on point for today, you know, and <laughs> just really having those tiny little check-ins in your life, whatever it might be, right. Whether it's a, a morning ritual or a, a daily text, or, you know, my, my mom has a little journal that she reads from every or not. A, it's like a little journal with, you know, uh, journal prompts and things that she reads from every morning. Sometimes she'll send me a picture when she really liked, you know, well, like we all have different things that work for us, but finding some way for you to feel connected to your practice, even if you're not actually doing anything. Right. And that is, I think, somewhere where we get really tripped up is we think like, well, I didn't light any candles and I didn't write in my journal and I didn't do a meditation. So therefore I, I didn't do anything in my spiritual practice. And that's not necessarily true, right? As long as you are thinking about your practice, as long as you have some general awareness that you are a witch, that you are magical, that you have power within you, like sometimes that is your spiritual practice. Um, and then also to your point of kind of like letting our practices evolve, I think is so important. Like we think that there is this magical, you know, formula that like, I'm going to finally figure out my perfect morning ritual and then I'm going to do it every day for the rest of my life. And that's just not, that's just not realistic, right? Like our lives change, our schedules change. Like my morning ritual is probably about to go out the window for the next couple of weeks because my boyfriend is a teacher and tomorrow's his last day of school. So he's going to be home and our schedule is going to change. And like, yeah. you know, things are going to be they're going to be shifted for a while and then I'll settle back into the summer routine, you know? Um, and so I think really intentionally allowing your practice to evolve with the seasons, with your own schedule changes, um, and just intuitively with what's actually working for you is absolutely essential. Speaking of your boyfriend, your mom, how did you tell all of them? How did they react when you told them that you were a witch. Did they kind of already know that it was coming? How did they react when you told them that you were going to be a full-time witch? <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, so it's, it's a mixed bag. Uh, well, all very positive and supportive, but a mixed bag of, of how it, how it went. Um, so I, I mean, when I really first started practicing, I was very much like almost totally in the closet, right? Like a couple of close friends, knew about my practice. I think my mom always kind of knew about my practice um, because she's also very connected in this way, even if it looks different for her um, than it does for me. But so there was like, you know, maybe three people in my life who kind of had a, had an inkling about this. Um, and I think it's funny now, like I, I recently made a little trip back to my hometown um, 
and to a market I was selling my books, which I was a little nervous about, you know, I was like, I know people know this about me. I'm very public about it now, but like, you know, they haven't necessarily seen me with my book. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was really funny how many people were not only so supportive and, you know, curious about what I was doing, but also how many people were like, yeah, this doesn't surprise me. You know, like you were, you were like this as a kid. Um, <laughs> so I think like, number one, people are not as shocked as we think they will be. Um, but then it wasn't really, this is so silly to say, it really wasn't until I had my first book deal that I really came out to very publicly and, and to most of my family. Um, which I don't honestly even really know why. I think I had built up this, this fear and this wall in my head that really wasn't even founded in anything. I mean, my family has always been very supportive of, you know, whatever crazy path I wanted to go down. And most of my family's not particularly religious. So that wasn't a huge barrier. Um, but I had just really built this thing up in my head for so, so long. Um, and it really, like, I remember I signed the book deal for the first book and was like, well, I guess now I have to tell people because <laughs> my name's going to be out there on this book. Um, and you know, my, my dad was like a little taken aback, but curious and still occasionally asks me really good questions about like, what does all of this mean? You know? Um, <laughs> but my boyfriend, I actually, he did know prior to long prior to the book deal. Um, we've been together five years and my, my previous relationship before we got together, um, I was not open at all. Like I had just started to step a toe out of the closet when I met this person. Um, and in that relationship, I just really shut it down again. Um, and that relationship did not last very long, but was intense. Um, and so when, that relationship ended, I immediately realized what I had done. You know, I immediately realized that I had like shut myself down again. Um, and I decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore. And then when I met my current boyfriend, my, my lovely partner, um, I like just right from the beginning, I was like, I'm just gonna, just gonna like put this out there. And I had, I already had the loop and hollow blog at that point. And so I remember we'd like just been texting, you know, for a couple of weeks, maybe not even that long. And I, he probably asked, you know, what do you, what are your hobbies or something? Right. And I, I texted <laughs> him a link to my site and I was like, well, this is something I do. And he was like, oh, this is really cool. And he's just always been very, very supportive and open to it. You know, it, it's not his thing. It's not his space. Um, he has different ways he connects to himself and to, you know, nature and, and all of that, um, something bigger. Um, he really is connected to like meditation and is really interested in Zen teachings and things like that. So he has kind of his own, his own path and his own interests. Um, and so he doesn't, he doesn't always understand what I, what I'm talking about or what I'm doing, but he's very, very supportive. And he knows more than he thinks. Like he, <laughs> he knows all about his chart and he knows he, he can rattle things off, even if he doesn't think he knows anything. <laughs> Oh, I like that. My husband's the same way. He's like, I don't understand anything. And then he gets all moody. He's like, I'm a cancer. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm like, oh, see, you know what that means, don't you? Exactly. <laughs> like, you understand more. I, I say it so much. Anytime he gets like super moody and is more like chat and goes back into his little shell. I'm like, oh, there he is, cancer son. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mine is a cancer son too. I love that. Oh, <laughs> you know, just when I'm talking about that. <laughs> But he does that now. Like if he's just like in a mood and needs to be by himself, he like goes in the basement. And he's like, I'm going to be a cancer now. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you go to love it. Oh so yeah, they, they understand, they pick up and understand more. 
<laughs> they do. They really do. <laughs> but it's not their specialty. They they get it. <laughs> oh, cancers are particularly intuitive. So that's not this that. is very true. <laughs> so before we wrap up and I let you go, uh, I always like to ask what is one piece of advice that you would offer to somebody that is brand new? So brand new to witchcraft, brand new to astrology, to cottage witchcraft, any of it. What is your piece of advice for a beginner? Yeah. You know, my number one thing is always that there is, there's no right way and there's nothing you can do wrong, right? Like people really come into this path thinking, number one, thinking that, there's a particular way to go about it. There's, you know, they have to find exactly their path right away. Um, and you, it's really about trusting your intuition and experimenting, um, you know, and, and also being willing to shift what you're doing. You know, if what you're doing doesn't feel good or doesn't light you up or you can't be consistent with it, then it's probably not for you, right? Like if there's nothing that you have to do, there's nothing you can't do. Um, and, and then also, you know, really, really knowing that you, you don't have to, and really you can't ever know everything, you know, you're not, this isn't about knowledge, even though the knowledge and the wise can be really helpful and supportive in their own way. At the end of the day, our practices are about what, what lights us up, what makes us feel joyful and inspired, what makes us feel grounded um, and confident, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel that way, that is your spiritual practice. And doesn't matter if it looks like anyone else's practice, doesn't matter if it's what someone on Instagram is doing or not. It doesn't matter if you've ever seen anyone else doing it. If it feels good for you, then it's what's meant for you. Um, and just really being able to trust that, you know, really being able to trust your intuition about what's right for you in every part of your life, but especially in your spiritual practice um, and, and not kind of giving into this, this like social pool of there's a right way to do it, or I'm doing this wrong, or do I know enough, or am I even a witch, right? Like all of these questions, like the answer is always like, yes, you are a witch and everything you're doing is right. That is excellent advice. I like, I like all of that. I, I, I definitely uh, get bogged down in, in the why. And I say that on the podcast all the time too, that there is no end to this. Like there's no finish line. There's no degree. There's no test at the end that you have to pass that you're going to have all the knowledge. You're never going to have all the knowledge, but I still fall into that trap where I'm like, I must know more. I know nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is like, cause astrology is really my language. Like that's the underpinning of everything I do for myself and in my work. And astrology is one of those things that is endless. It is limitless. There is always another technique. There is always another type of chart. There's always another asteroid. Like there is always going to be more. You will never master astrology. The, the best astrologers in the world cannot master astrology, right? Like that's just not a thing. It's endless. And so we have to kind of find this balance between feeling grounded and confident in what we do know, however much or however little that might be, but like knowing that what I know is meaningful and, you know, I don't have to gather more and also being like open and playful and curious to always discover something new that we didn't know about, you know, like there's this, this balance. And I think at various points in our lives, we need to lean more into one of those two, you know? 
Yeah. And I, I think I go back and forth and astrology in particular, I think is one of those that I sometimes shy away from just because the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know and how much there is to go. And I love, like, I do love astrology and I love and understand the basics and I can read my birth chart, but I can't really do it for other people. <laughs> like definitely not as practiced as you are. And I think that every time that I'm like, okay, I want to learn more about it. I just get so overwhelmed and I'm like, oh, maybe not, maybe I don't. <laughs> Totally, totally. And, you know, that's definitely something that I hear from my clients all the time is that my approach to astrology that, you know, I do in my readings that I teach in the Starlight Coven, all of the spaces is, is so much simpler than like what you find on the internet, you know, because I'm always about the simple, like I use whole signs houses, which is the oldest and simplest house system, like everything that I do and teach in astrology is about like making it less complicated because I know how incredibly transformational understanding both my chart, but also astrology in general has been for me. I mean, it, it's life-changing. Like it, it truly is such a incredibly powerful tool. Um, and I want more people to have access to it. You know, I, I want to kind of pull away this, this feeling of overwhelm that I feel like has become so entrenched in people's experience of astrology is like, oh my God, it's so overwhelming. And which I totally get because it is. And so, so much of my work is kind of helping people to be able to simplify it, focus on what really matters to them, what really, you know, inspires them um, and kind of make sense of it, you know, be able to make sense of astrology to the point that you can use it. You can make use of it. Which I really appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a big one. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here, listeners. I'm going to have everything linked that we talked about. So you can find that, you can find the coven, you can find the books, all of those great things. Um, and which Wednesdays.com. So it'll be very easy for you to find everything. Um, but thank you so much for being here for this excellent chat about astrology and all things witchcraft. Yes. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Uh, and that is everything that I have for you this week. I will see you all next week. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.